What a wonderful place. We serve a wonderful God. He, uh, uh, he has a way. Uh, a lot of times we're just obedient with Him. Amen. You know, when He lays a song or testimony on your heart, make sure you give it. Don't go home with it. Uh, because a lot of times what you uh, are testifying about is what someone else needs to hear. Amen. They need to hear uh, about what God's done for you. And I'm just thankful that we can come one more time and open up at his word. Uh, so Isaiah 55 verse 6 says, Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call, up, call ye upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. And let him return unto the Lord and he will have mercy upon him and to our God for he will abundantly pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. For as the rain cometh down and the snow from heaven and returneth not thither, but watereth the earth and maketh it uh, forth in bud that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the Eater, so shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereunto I sent it. Lord, we thank you for your word this morning. We thank you for its truth. And Lord, I pray that we could, uh, with your word today, Lord, that we could open it up. And Lord, that you could use me to preach. Fill me with the unction of the Holy Spirit. Open up our ears and our hearts. Lord, if there's any lost under the sound of our voice, Lord, I pray that they would come to know you before it's too late. And Lord, help us to learn more of you today, Lord, that we can apply it to our life. In Jesus' name we pray. And amen. amen. So the chapter starts out with verse 1. Ho, everyone that thirsteth, come ye to the waters. And he that hath no money, come ye, buy and eat. Yea, come buy wine and milk without money and without price. We see he's inviting right here people to come to the Lord. That's the, the very beginning is an invitation. And aren't you glad throughout the Bible there's an invitation. God wants men to come to him. Amen. Uh, and uh, uh, he's talking about in the first verse, uh, uh, come and get some water if you're thirsty. Jesus said in John 7, 37, if any man thirsts, let him come unto me and yeah. drink. But also in verse 1, it says something. It says, hey, it does not cost you any money to come to the Lord. Amen. Salvation uh, does not have a price tag with it that you have to pay because he's already paid the price yeah. dying for your sins and mine on the cross. The price so it can be free and priceless at the same time. That's what verse 1 is talking about. Then verse 2, real quick. Wherefore do ye spend money uh, for that which is not bread, and ye labor for that which satisfieth not? Hearken diligently unto me, and eat ye that which is good, and let your soul delight itself in fatness. So that invitation of coming to the Lord... Uh, coming and finding those that thirst to, to find water and satisfaction. Now he's saying, hey, this invitation is going out to a world that can't find satisfaction. Amen. It's going out to a world that's looking to find it and has uh, failed. And salvation is free. But look what it says. And you labor for that which satisfieth not. You know, salvation's free. But the pleasures of this world are not free. Right? People work hard uh, to save money so that way they can spend it and try to find satisfaction in a million different ways. And the Bible's asking, why do you do that? 
Why do you labor for these things that don't even really satisfy you? Now, a lot of times this world won't admit it. They poured their life into things, right? A hobby, a collection, a, a, you know, a sports, whatever, all these different things. They poured their life and money into it. But then a lot of times they get to a certain point. They don't find satisfaction in it anymore. And they just find a new thing to pour into, right? Another thing to spend their money on. And they keep chasing this thing after thing, trying to find satisfaction. And in the end, they don't realize it's never working. <clears throat> Don't you wish that this world would really take a true account of their life and ask themselves, why am I putting so much precious time and energy into things that don't really mean anything? Amen? Why am I doing that? Why am I chasing satisfaction from the world instead of turning to the Lord? That's why he says in verse 6, Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call ye upon him while he is near. You know, of course, when you read that at first, he's saying, don't wait. Amen. Don't wait on coming to Jesus Christ. But also, if you look at the verse closely, if he's saying, seek ye the Lord while he may be found, call ye upon him while he is near. He's also saying there's going to come a time when the Lord will not be found. Amen. If you are lost, if you're without Jesus Christ, there will come a day. Yes, you can call on him right now. You can come. And I'm telling you, you can interrupt me right now and you can get saved right now. If you want to, that's fine. We'll finish the message later. But now is the time of salvation. But there will come a time where that time will run out. The invitation will run out. Right? Not only will time run out, what's he say? Call upon him while he is near. That's also saying there will come a time if you're lost without Jesus Christ. Oh, he's near to the brokenhearted. He's near to those that are contrite. He's near to those that will call upon him. One day there will come a time where you'll be separated from him. He won't be near anymore. He won't be an arm's reach away. He won't be a step away or a prayer away. I'll tell you one thing. It's one thing if you, right, you let the old Kohl's cash or the coupon expire, right, and you lose out on it. That's one thing. What about if you wait too long on Jesus Christ? That's what he's saying. Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Hebrews 2.3 says, How shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation, which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed unto us by them that heard him? You know, there are people living around us that have escaped justice, right? They've escaped. They got away with it. They, they got away with the crime they committed. But I will tell you one thing. You may be able to escape uh, the police, the, the jury, the justice system. You will not escape God. You won't. You will not. There is no escape. But notice, it doesn't just say, how shall we escape if we, it says, or I'm sorry, it doesn't just talk about those that have rejected salvation. It says, how shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation? Ooh. I'm telling you what, if you leave this world without Jesus Christ, it's not that just you said no to Jesus, that you're in hell. People are in hell today because they just neglected it. Yes. You neglect your car too long, what happens there? A problem will happen, right? Yeah. You neglect a relationship, it'll, something will go wrong, right? You neglect Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. And one day you'll find out you waited too late. Yeah. It's too late. 
Don't wait. Seek him now. Because there will come a point where it'll, that neglect will cost you forever. Verse 7. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. And let him return unto the Lord and he will have mercy upon him and do our God. For he will abundantly pardon. Right? You want to know why? That I think the biggest reason people won't come to Jesus, it's in verse 7 right here. It says, let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. If you want to come to Jesus Christ, you've got to forsake your old life. Yeah. Right? Amen. You've got to turn from that. What's this world say today? Do what you want to do. Yeah. Right? Do what makes you happy. Live the way you want to live. But the Bible says you've got to repent. That's what this is. Turning. Repent. You've got to turn around from going your way to then turn to going God's way. And here's the thing. Jesus is ready to give you a brand new start. Amen. Once you turn, once you call on his name, he's ready to give you a new life, a new start if you'll come to him. But what, what use is him offering you a new life if you just want to live your old life? Yeah. It doesn't work. That's one of the problems I've noticed. Let the wicked forsake his way, but it goes on. And the unrighteous man, his thoughts. Aren't you glad when he saved us? He didn't just give us a new life, but he gave us a new brain. Amen. Amen. A new mind. Amen. He changed things. Now, some things took a little slower. Amen. He's working on those. But some things he changed just like that. Amen. And he's still, what is he trying to get us to do? Not to be conformed to this world but transformed by the renewing of your mind. Amen. That's what he's trying to do is get us to turn in his direction. He's saying, hey, sinner, your mind is a problem too and you've got to turn from it as well. We sin with our mind and that sin will prevent us from being with Jesus after this life. Amen. Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And some people are like, Well, I don't know if I've sinned. Well, you have. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. And you're saying, Mike, I don't know if I've sinned. Your mind has sinned. I promise you that. Every day, all the time. It's not easy living, leaving that old life for some people. Amen. You realize some people around us, their entire personality and who they are is defined by some kind of sinful lifestyle. It is not going to be easy for them to come to Jesus. Yeah. Amen. Right. It's not. It's not going to be easy. But I believe if one of them would hear the gospel and wouldn't just dismiss it and the Lord touches their heart and softens it. I believe no matter how deep somebody is in sin, even if it defines their very who they are by this world, I believe that Jesus Christ can save someone, turn them around, and give them a new start, and help them to build a brand new life that's apart from that old sin that defined them. Don't you believe that? And maybe you're here today because he's done that for you. Amen? That's what we need to tell this world. It doesn't matter if you're that deep into it. He can save you. 
People have said, I've done too much wickedness, right? I've done too much wrong. There's no way. Look at the verse again. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts and let him return unto the Lord. Aren't you glad he still heals backsliders? Amen. And he will have mercy upon him and to our God. Listen, look at this last part. For he will abundantly pardon. Amen. He has got more pardon than your sin. Amen. He's got more pardon than your crimes that you've committed against him. Amen. He, not just a little bit, right? Not just a little mercy. In fact, he's got so much mercy, even after you're saved, the Bible says he's got mercy is new every morning. I don't even have to rely on yesterday's mercy. He'll give me new mercy today. Praise God. Amen. He can save you. Well, how can I be sure of that? He already paid the price. Yes. Amen? On Calvary, he paid a heavy price that covers all the sins of this world. But then he switches gears a little bit. For as my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Sometimes we stop at verse 7. We don't go to verse 8. But verse 8 starts with 4. Right? For my thoughts are not your thoughts. That means that verse 8 is connected to what he, he said ahead of that. It's connected. Here's the thing. If you want to be saved today, or if you're a backslider that wants healing today, you've got to think about it first, don't you? It's got to start in the mind, right? Before you, before you come walk up to the altar or before you bow down and your mouth starts talking to Jesus about asking him to save you, it starts with the mind first, doesn't it? That's where it starts. And really, if we think about it, as soon as someone starts thinking about salvation, starts taking Jesus seriously, starts really thinking about the gospel and saying, you know what, I think I want that. I want to call on his name. I realize I'm a sinner. What happens? The devil, right, he swoops in there, right? He won't just let you freely make a decision like that. He swoops in there, doesn't he? And tries to convince you of things, right, that either uh, that God won't forgive you or you won't be able to turn your life around or maybe wait till later or any of the million of excuses. And what happens? Men and women try to think about what God's thinking, Right? What motivates God? What's his purpose and everything else? And why he does certain things and he doesn't do certain things. And they start to question God, right? And this is what we're getting at in these verses, the questioning God. And God's response to every question is right here in these two verses, right here. My thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways. You know what he's saying, plain and simple, God doesn't think the way you and I do. Right. And we can stop right there and say, praise God, he doesn't. Amen? Amen? I cannot be as merciful to you as God is to you. Amen? We don't think the same way. In fact, he says, my thoughts are so far above yours and mine that it's as far as this earth is from heaven. That's how far. I don't even know how far it is because I can't get there on my own. Amen? I know it's far. Not only are his thoughts not our thoughts, his ways are not our ways either. God does not act the way we do. Praise God. Amen? Amen? We've made some really bad decisions, haven't we? God hasn't. He never has. 
And now here's where you could stop and you could think of a lot of different scenarios that have happened to you, that have happened to this world and everything else, and you could start pointing them out. And there have been times that we've questioned God on things. I know we have. God, why did this happen? Why did this not happen? And everything else. But here's the thing. God said, hey, you've got to trust me. You've got to trust me. That's what he's saying in these verses. My, my thoughts are not your thoughts. That means a lot of times our brain is not going to be able to figure out what God has in his plan. It's that simple. It always makes me chuckle when they come up with some new uh, thing they've learned about our brain. And I always laugh. We're so, we think we're so smart as a society, right? We're going to use our own brain to figure out our brain, right? <laughs> you will never figure out the thing you're using to figure it out with. You gotta have something higher, right? I know, I know, sometimes just simple. I, to me, it's that simple, like you will never figure it out using a brain. You gotta come up with something smarter to tell you how the brain works. I'll just trust God, he's smarter, amen? He's higher than we are. But does that mean we give up trying to understand God? No, no, no. You know what he's given us? He's given us his word. And his word contains what he wants us to know about him. Amen. And once we get a grasp of his word, we can understand what God wants us to know. Because if we'll admit it, we can't fit all the knowledge God has in our head anyway. And we don't need to. But we can fill what his word has about him in our minds. And how he expects us to live. But here's the thing. A lot of this world, if we told them verses 8 and 9... They'd be offended, right? They'd be offended. How dare our God act like he's smarter than we are, right? How dare? But guess what? I look at them and I say, hey, this grand plan you guys have enacted in this world, right? The grand plan of, uh, you know, uh, getting people, uh, you know, capitalism or, or communism or whatever to govern people. All the plans that you came up with, all the plans that you came up with to educate, all the plans you came up with to regulate society, all the laws you've come up with and everything else. And I look around and say for all the thought, uh, for all the think tanks, for all the smart people, the research papers and everything else, it comes down to the end of it. They're great plan has caused nothing but pain, nothing but darkness, nothing but evil, and nothing but death. Why? Because they're taking credit for this grand plan when in all reality the devil's given them this plan. And they, he gives it to them and lets them pretend it's their own and they run with it. Why? Because they don't want to do what God has said to do. He said my ways are high. And this world can't accept that, can they? That's why they're chasing after satisfaction. They're chasing after pleasure and everything else. And they're laboring for it. And said, I'll give you a new life, a better life, a life with peace of mind, and I'll give it to you for free. That's the Lord. Look at verse 10. For as the rain cometh down and the snow from heaven and returneth not thither, but watereth the earth and maketh it bring forth and bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. If we can't fully understand God's thoughts, again, we've got to trust him, right? And now he gives us a metaphor. Don't you like it when he does that? Gives us a little illustration here. He says, now, 
I want you to imagine either the rain falling down from the sky or the snow falling down from the sky. They both pretty much do the same thing, right? He said, they fall and returneth not thither. Now, we struggle with that, but you know what he's saying? He's saying, look, the rain falls and it doesn't just touch the ground and go right back up to the cloud that it came from. Same thing with the snow. It doesn't do that, right? What happens to the rain? If you were asleep during science class, I'll tell you, the rain falls, it hits the ground, it starts to go to the lowest point, seeps into the ground, everything else makes its way to the creek, a lot of times goes to the bigger rivers, lakes, whatever, some of the water makes it all the way to the ocean. What happens? At some point, the sun heats it up, it evaporates, goes back into the cloud, and it starts all over again, right? He's saying the rain does not skip the whole cycle and go back up to the cloud as soon as it touches the ground, right? He said, what's it do? That rain goes into the ground and helps the crops to grow, helps the plants to grow, and everything else. You know what he said? My word is just like the rain. When it goes out, it doesn't just hit the ear and bounce back up into heaven, and that's it. He said that word comes out, and it does what it needs to do. That's what he's saying at the end, right? What's he say? 11, so shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing I sent it to. You know what he's saying? My thoughts are higher than your thoughts, and when I decide something needs to happen, it'll happen. Amen? And when I've given you my word, and it goes out, something will happen. And that something is my purpose, and it will accomplish what my purpose is. Yeah. And you're thinking, wow. Amen. Wow. That's what God's saying. Just like you watch the rain go all the way through the cycle, he said, my word will do the exact same thing. That means we've got to trust him because you and I can't see the whole thing. Amen? We can't see it all. Amen. We can watch the rain, but once it hits the ground, you can't follow that raindrop. Guess what? When you trust Jesus, when you become a Christian and you start to serve the Lord and follow and do what he's called you to do, you don't know what things you've done serving the Lord. You don't know the results of those things either. It's just like the raindrop hitting the ground. God knows what's happened. He can follow it and he can get his purpose done in our life. We've got to trust him. We've got to trust him. I know there's some parents in the room, right, this morning. Maybe it's been a little while, but parents, did you ever say something to your children that they didn't understand, right? A lot of times it's a question, can I do this? And a lot of times when you say no, and then they start to question that, and then they say this is boring. That's what I've been getting lately, (laughs) right? You ever get stuff like that? And you you can't really explain to them fully. I mean, they're young. A lot of them, you can't explain why we can't, you know, know, have ice cream uh, five times during the day, you know, for every meal. They don't understand that. Why you have to brush your teeth. And these are funny things. I think God's doing the same thing with us sometimes. I can't really explain it to you right now. You wouldn't understand. And I don't need to explain it to you because I'm your father, right? 
You just need to trust me that what I'm doing is the right thing. And you need to trust me that what I have put in motion will accomplish the purpose. Amen. Do you believe that in the end we will be with Jesus Christ? Amen. Do you believe those that are saved, we will be with him? I believe that, don't you? Well, then we've got to trust him right now in everything that's going on, even though we don't understand it, even though it doesn't make sense, even though it doesn't look like a good thing all the time. We've got to trust him. Amen. That's it. So if we turn it back around, God is trying to tell partially to the sinner and the backslider. He's saying, hey, the reason you think, you know, you shouldn't be coming to me or coming back to me. You just don't understand my mercy. Right. But he's saying to the Christian, that thing that I've called you to do, maybe you don't understand it right now, but you've got to trust me. Amen. Same way. Right? Same thing. Trust God with your life. And guess what? You'll find the satisfaction this world is trying to find but can't. Amen? You'll get a new life. Holy Spirit. Put in your life when you're saved. He has a plan for your life. And here's the thing. Are you tired of living your life according to your plans and your purpose? Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call ye upon him while he is near. He's listening. But like I said before, don't you wait too long. Don't wait. Stop trying to figure everything out about God and just trust him. Amen. And I believe that message works for all of us. Just trust him. I know it's hard. And there are times where we question God. I think that's okay. I've, I've questioned God at times. I never got the answer that I wanted, but guess what I did get? I got comfort from him and I got strength from him. And I said, you know what, Lord, I'll just keep going. Yes. Amen? Yes. I may never understand, but I'm going to keep going because I trust you. I'm going to ask everyone to stand.